Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to The Leader. This podcast is recorded on the day of release, so we're bringing you some of the earliest available analysis on the biggest stories, as well as exclusive reporting. Please hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. When will we go back to the office? There's this government feeling that people need to get back into the office, certainly in central London. And the feeling from our biggest companies overwhelmingly is, well, let's just wait and see. The Evening Standard, Simon English, as our investigation shows FTSE 100 companies aren't encouraging staff to return despite what the government wants. And... Some people I've spoken to say they're divisive and the actual physical act of wearing a mask is silencing because it's over your mouth and the government don't want us to speak up. Features writer Katie Strick has face masks become compulsory in shops and yes takeaways. Who are the Covid contrarians refusing to comply? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, why are some of our biggest companies happy to leave their offices empty? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We know about the economic crisis that's hitting central London because fewer people are going into offices. On this podcast, we've spoken to the restaurants without customers. We've heard about the bars that used to come alive at 5pm, now almost empty until closing time. Even the small news agents are struggling because no one's popping in just to pick up a snack. Now, the full scale of the battle to save those places can be revealed. The Evening Standard surveyed FTSE 100 companies to ask when they're planning to get staff back behind their desks. Our editorial column says the results show tens of thousands of people will stay at home this summer and some won't be back at all this year. When the Prime Minister declared recently that the government's work-from-home advice would change on August 1st, he simply said... Instead of government telling people to work from home, we're going to give employers more discretion and ask them to make decisions about how their staff can work safely. That was passing the buck, and there's been little since to make clear how it should happen. 
The result is that without firmer government advice to rely on as support, many companies are understandably reluctant to shoulder the moral and potential legal risk of bringing staff back. It's not good enough. Though workers need to focus efforts too, where they can. Otherwise, more jobs will be lost as a vicious circle of depressed economic activity kicks in. It's time to make the return to the office a reality. Well, the Evening Standard City journalist Simon English is one of those who's been working on this story. And Simon, we asked FTSE 100 companies when their staff will go back to the office and there's not exactly a stampede, is there? It's very far from a, a stampede. And also, I have to say, not much sense of urgency. Our reporter, Joe Burke, did fine work here. And she spoke to most of them. And there's this government feeling that uh, people need to get back into the office, certainly in central London. And the feeling from, you know, our biggest companies overwhelmingly is, well, let's just wait and see. Is this just a safety thing? Are they worried about the safety of the employees coming back? Or is there more to it than this? I think there's a bit more to it, actually. I think, for one thing, is there's a bit of confusion. So the, the government's messaging has been somewhat mixed, I would say. So they're doing things like, on the one hand, they're saying, look, it'd be good to get back to the office if you can. And sometimes seeming to say it a bit more harshly even than that. And on the other hand, there's policies to increase the congestion charge, which makes it much more difficult, much more expensive for a lot of people to, to get back into the office, given that they may be understandably um, not keen on public transport. And that, that's one of the things Martin Sorrell, the, the advertising guru, is one of the things he said to, the, he said to us, you know. It's, uh, he's got a lot of staff who live quite a long way out of town, they don't want to use public transport and a taxi will be punishingly expensive because of the congestion charge. What, you know, what are those people supposed to do? And certainly his, his view was that he could see why government policy uh, is confused, but nevertheless, it is confused. And when Boris Johnson announced this, he said that he didn't want to interfere in businesses' decisions. But I wonder if some of those businesses feel like he was kind of passing the buck back onto them. Yeah, I think there's definitely um, a sense of that. And one of the banks that, that, that you know I spoke to as part of this said that they felt they were under pressure to get everybody back into the office, almost as, as a sort of confidence boost to London, you know, to say, look, we're all back in. And th- they did feel a bit a bit pressured to, to do what they, at this point, are you know, nowhere near ready to do. They really don't want to start um, imposing things on staff who, you know, from, from their point of view, have, have worked hard in difficult circumstances. You know, they, they don't want to pressure people at this point. But does it matter at all if people aren't going back to the office in London city centre, Simon? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, um, just walking around uh, today and uh, yesterday, I mean, it's not the, it's not the London I know, in some ways, it, it's quite nice to have uh, more space to yourself. But, I mean, you can see the, the effect on what makes London, London. I mean, a lot of the pubs and the restaurants and all those, all the things that, that make London brilliant. Well, if half of them don't survive, it's not going to be the same city, is it? Next. Every single person I spoke to, I asked them, have you or your family or your close friends been affected personally by covid And all of them said they hadn't. Who are the people refusing to wear face masks or social distance? Katie Strick's been meeting the coronavirus refuseniks. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This weekend, it will become mandatory to wear a face mask in shops in England. Helpfully, the government also clarified this will include coffee shops and takeaways after a bit of confusion over those this week but there will be some people who won't wear them at all. The so-called COVID contrarians are an apparently growing group who think all these pandemic restrictions are an affront to their civil liberties. Our features writer Katie Strick's been speaking to a few of them for a fascinating deep dive investigation into the community, which you can read in the paper or online at standard.co.uk. She's with me now. And Katie, who are these COVID contrarians? What's been surprising has just been that how much it's not just one type of person. I think by the looks of Twitter and um, seeing the protests in the papers on Monday from Sunday's Hyde Park protest, I expected slightly more of one type of demographic. But in the last couple of days, I've spoken to all kinds of people who are um, anti-mask or anti-mask enforcement. Um, Everyone from kind of quite liberal Brighton mums to this millionaire businessman who founded this movement to keep Britain free to a lot of young professionals actually and students in their 20s and 30s so um, it's certainly a wide and growing group. Why are they holding on to these views because we have lots of scientists lots of politicians stating the facts but these people seem convinced that they are right. There are lots of arguments um, I've come to realize from kind of feeling as though masks are ineffective and believing the studies that were coming out at the beginning of the lockdown that wearing a mask didn't work. Some people believe the pandemic is finished and over and therefore there's no point wearing them. Some people I've spoken to say they're divisive and the actual physical act of wearing a mask is silencing because it's over your mouth and the government don't want us to speak up. Um, And then lots of people have spoken along economic lines as well. They're worried that Wearing a mask will stop people going to shops and restaurants. But the main objection that most people I've spoken to have is just along this civil liberties line. They don't like being told what to do. They think it's, you know, fine if people want to wear a mask, but it's morally wrong to be forced to wear one um, and to be fined if you don't. So they say they're not anti-mask, but they're pro-choice. And it's all a kind of human rights line, really. That was the one kind of shared argument that nearly everyone I spoke to had. It's that human, human rights line. Would anything change their minds? It sounds as though it wouldn't. It sounds as though a lot of these people, possibly in other political um, debates, always hold this line, whether it's the environment or whether it was Brexit. You know, it's that they don't like being told what to do. Um, The one thing that interested me personally was that every single person I spoke to, I asked them, 
have you or your family or your close friends been affected personally by COVID? And all of them said they hadn't. And I do wonder whether had a close family of member of theirs ended up in ITU, whether that might have changed their views. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But all I know is people feel very strongly. Saying that there are big divisions as well amongst the contrarian ranks. There's kind of the more extremist views and you might have seen people at Sunday's rally holding up no to 5G placards and no to vaccine placards and even placards about Bill Gates, which seemingly might not have much to do with wearing masks. Um, and lots of the moderates have said to me over the last couple of days that they've been frustrated at how much that's distracting from what they think are their slightly clearer, more rational arguments. So it's certainly a complicated issue. Everyone, everyone has slightly different feelings and different um, extremities on on the scale do these people feel like they're in a minority or are they confident that these opinions are kind of spreading more widely among the population i think they would they would like it to keep growing they're pleased at how much it is growing um simon dolan who's this british businessman that founded the keep britain free movement and um took the government to the high court last month he's got 46,000 followers on Twitter and growing. And if you go onto Twitter, these seem to be the people who are, who are shouting the loudest in the way. There is a, there's a huge backlash as well of people who think they're selfish for not wearing a mask. Um, but I think it's helped that the people who believe in this contrarian movement are, are pretty loud on social media. So they're confident, they're excited that it's growing. And they were certainly excited to have a feature in the Evening Standard that's kind of spreading their word and explaining their views. And that's The Leader. You'll find more on these stories in the Evening Standard and online at standard.co.uk. We also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. 